Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 129. It's August 5th, 2015. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. In this episode, I'm going to answer some listener questions in reference to the Walmart trade that I made yesterday, and then also some questions in regards to overall uh, technical analysis, chart reading, forecasting, things like that. We're not going to get down in the weeds with specific numbers. This is going to be a top-line overview, and I'll tell you up front, one thing I'm going to do is dispel the myth that chart reading or forecasting is a science. Nobody can predict the future. doesn't matter how complicated the algorithm is. Chart reading and technical analysis is just a guide or a reference point. It has great limitations. It can be a very useful tool. You hear me talk all the time about reading charts and using moving averages and things like that. But what you have to realize is that I know and I understand the limitations, and that's what we're going to discuss today. So I'm going to start out by talking about some of the assumptions and rationale that I used uh, when I made my Walmart purchase yesterday. Uh, and this is going to basically go over and explain the things that were in my post over at Investable Wealth. That's the one that went out yesterday. Incidentally, several of you have gotten back with me and said you're not receiving email updates whenever I make a post to investablewealth.com. So I'll put that announcement out again. I am having some issues with my email. If you have signed up sometime in the past for email alerts at investablewealth.com and you're not receiving those, you should have gotten one yesterday, for example, about Walmart. If you're not receiving those, go ahead and get in touch with me through investablewealth.com on the contact form there, and that'll help me research the problem and hopefully be able to fix it for you. So let's talk about the rationale and the assumptions, the, the uh, reasons that I made a, a purchase of Walmart stock yesterday. Several people have asked about that, and to make this easy, I did get uh, an email from a listener named Ken. I'm going to follow the format of his particular email. I think it'll answer the other questions that other people had as well. Now, keep in mind, after I review this rationale, I'm going to come back and talk to you about the limitations of technical analysis. These things go hand in hand, and if you don't understand the limitations of your tools, you'll find yourself overextended and most likely caught off guard and by surprise, and you'll lose money. So first off, in the Walmart trade, that's up like over 1.7% uh, since yesterday. That isn't good timing on my part. You know, sometimes it's better to be lucky than it is to be clever. I've been watching Walmart. I like the way it was positioned. I made the trade yesterday. Yes, although it was up nearly 2% a day, it could have just as easily been down 2%. And whenever things like that happen or people make predictions, you know, you then see them on these cable news channels and they're pounding their chest and they're talking about how reliable their algorithms are and, you know, what a great forecaster they are and they blow horns and, and throw confetti. That's all BS. It's all bunk. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you don't. So the real test of the assumptions and the analysis that I made on this Walmart purchase will occur over the next week or week and a half. Um, I don't have the exact date in front of me, but I think the Walmart earnings announcement is somewhere around August 14th or maybe August 18th. At that time, we'll see how they did for the second quarter of this year. We'll see what type of guidance they give going in through the rest of the year, and then we'll see how Wall Street reacts to it. Since I bought the stock yesterday, I'm obviously assuming that it's going to be a good announcement, that they're going to give you know decent to good forward earnings, and that people on Wall Street are going to like that, and the value of the stock is going to increase. We'll have to wait and see what happens. 
to answer people's questions, let's go over some of the assumptions and rationale that I made. I mentioned that recently the stock has been holding up very well over the past few trading sessions and that uh, in particular it is exhibiting a positive relative strength. Now what I mean by that is that Walmart's stock is performing better than the general market. There's a lot of complicated ways to measure that, but I'm going to tell you just a really quick down and dirty way to see this for yourself. So go over to Google Finance, put in the ticker symbol for Walmart, which is WMT. When the chart comes up, you'll see a, a place on there right above the chart that says compare. Put in INX. That'll bring you down a drop-down menu. You can see where it says S&P 500. That's the index that I want to compare Walmart stock to. I hit the add button. And then it draws the screen, or excuse me, it draws the chart with not only the performance of Walmart, but also the performance of the S&P 500. The S&P 500, for my purposes, represents the general stock market. So when I talk about something outperforming the market, I'm generally referring to the S&P 500. Now on the chart where it talks about uh, zooming in, you can zoom in and, and look at a particular time period. I want to track this over the last week because remember I said over the past few days or few trading sessions, Walmart has been holding up better than the general market. This is while the market's been vacillating to different headline news. So when I click five days, that chart comes up and I can clearly see that over the past five days, there's only been one day that was uh, July 31st when the S&P 500 performed better than Walmart stock. The other four out of five days, Walmart outperformed the S&P 500. There's a comparison there with with scales, so you can see whether it outperformed by 1% or 2% or whatever, but you can simply look at that chart and in an instant by seeing which of the graphs is on top of the other, which of the, the lines are on top of the other, you can see which one's performing better. Now, over the past five days, according to Google Finance, Walmart stock is up 2.31% and the S&P 500 is down 0.2%. So that's what I was talking about when I mentioned relative strength. That's important because remember, with investing, you're always looking for trends, you're looking for patterns, you're looking for anomalies, you're looking for what's different. What's different about something like this is, is when the general market's going down, if something else is going up, or even if everything's going up, but one stock is going up at a larger amount than the general market, then that's the kind of anomaly you're looking for because you're trying to catch a trend when something is moving up with momentum. You can click on other time periods. And for example, if you go out uh, to six months on this particular chart, you'll see that Walmart stock has way underperformed the market. Over the past six months, it's down almost 16%, while the S&P 500 is, is up nearly 2%. So there's about an 18% point difference there. But remember, we didn't buy Walmart stock six months ago. We bought it yesterday. So while the stock may be down nearly 16% for the last six months, in the time period we've held it, it's up over 1.7%. Timing is everything when it comes to trading in stocks. The other thing that you might want to compare Walmart stock to in terms of relative performance would be the Dow Jones Industrial Average because Walmart is a large blue chip dividend paying stock and it's on the Dow Jones Industrial Average Index. So again, if you go to that chart on Google Finance, 
put in DJI, which is Google's ticker symbol for the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and add that to the chart, and you can look at that as well. And, and you can see that Walmart's stock has done even better when compared to the Dow Jones Industrial Average than it did when it was compared to the general market of the S&P 500. And again, that's very important because what you're saying is Walmart is not only doing better than just the general market, but you're saying that it's doing even better than its, its peers, the big blue-chip dividend-paying stocks. In the last five days, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, according to Google Finance, is down about 1%. Walmart stock is up about 2.31%. So it's outperforming the Dow Index by well over 3%. That's showing strong relative strength. Relative strength is one of the important things that I'm looking at when I'm selecting a stock to purchase. I also mentioned that I purchased Walmart stock yesterday because it seemed uh, over the past uh, month or month and a half to be consolidating, uh, that it's reached a bottom and that it has support at $71 a share. Well, how did I know that? Well, go look at a chart of Walmart. Again, you can pull it up at Google Finance, Yahoo Finance, CNBC, wherever you get your charts for stocks. Look at its performance over the last three months. You'll see that around June 30th, it bottomed out. Its closing price that day was around, I don't know, you know, $70.93. So that's, you know, again, support right around $71. Since earlier in this year and around February, Walmart has been in a downward trend. As I mentioned that we saw in those Google charts, it was down over 16% in the last six months. When you look at the chart, you'll, you'll see that obvious downward trend. It pretty much is making lower lows and lower highs. But that seemed to have stopped just about six weeks ago at the end of June when it hit around that $71 mark. How do I know that? Well, when I look at the chart, it hasn't gone any lower than that point. It bounced around. It got as high as almost $74, but it never got any lower than about $71.38. So right around $71 seems to be its most recent low. It's consolidating. It's done that over a period of many weeks. And then, as I mentioned, in these last five to 10 days, it's, it's been in a, what appears to be an upward trend. It's above its five-day moving average. It's above its 10-day moving average. And then just today, it broke out above its 50-day moving average. So when yesterday I was looking at that chart and I saw that it, it did not go below $71 in the past few weeks, it had been bouncing around and going almost as high as 74, but never going below 71. And it did that for a period of four, five, six weeks. That told me that it had support at that level, that it was stabilizing, that it was consolidating. I also knew that by looking at a chart that it was just slightly below its 50-day moving average. I know that when a, a stock breaks up above its 50-day moving average, that's generally a good sign. So I took the risk. I made the assumption that in the coming days, it would bounce up above its 50-day moving average. Now, that happened today. I didn't think it would happen necessarily that soon, but I'm happy that it did. It not only bounced above its 50-day moving average, but it also moved up in, in fairly high volume, above average trading volume. So that reinforces the purchase of the Walmart stock. Something else I mentioned in my post blog yesterday about ra uh, the rationale for purchasing Walmart stock was that I felt that fair value for this stock was above an $80 price point. And yesterday when I purchased it, it was only around 72 So that was an increase of over 10% from where the price was when I bought it. And remember, I'm saying that I feel that at a minimum, the value would be $80. So I would be anticipating that if we get a good earnings report, you know, somewhere in the next week or two when it comes out, and if they give good forward earnings for the end of the year, that that would likely mean that the stock price would go up to at least $80, maybe $85, maybe $90. 
So potentially over the next two weeks, I could have a profit on this stock of over 10%. That's where you start judging your risk rewards. If the floor on the stock, the support seems to be at about $71 and it's currently trading at 72 and I think that maybe in a couple weeks I might be able to sell it for more than 80 you can see that risk-reward ratio and then you make the decision for yourself whether it's worth taking the chance. Now, how did I come up with that $80 of being at least a, an estimated fair value for this stock? Just to give you a very simplified answer, Walmart earnings are projected to be somewhere around, we're going to call it $5 a share for the year. You know, it's probably more like, you know, 4.8 or something like that. But just for round numbers, let's call it $5 a share. When I purchased the stock yesterday, it was trading for about $72. 72 divided by 5 gives you a forward earnings ratio or a forward valuation of 14.4. That's a historical low valuation. It's low not only for Walmart stock, and you can go back and, and look that up to see what it is, but it's not only a, a low valuation historically for Walmart stock, but it's also historically low. And in particular, it's much below the current price of other comparable blue chip type stocks trading in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is where we said that Walmart stock trades. So when you compare it against its peers, it's undervalued. Now, stocks are usually undervalued for a reason, and that's because people think they're going to perform poorly in the future. One of the assumptions I'm making with Walmart stock is, is I think that the pendulum has swung too much to the side of negativity, that the earnings aren't going to be as bad as people are projecting, that because a lot of the products that are made in Walmart stores come from places like China and the strength of the U.S. dollar will make those products cheaper. So Walmart will be buying its merchandise for a lower price. It won't pass all those savings along to its U.S. customers. It'll make a better profit with commodities and oil prices and things like that lower. The, the raw material costs, the transportation costs for shipping those products will also go down. And again, I don't think Walmart will pass all those savings along to its customers. So I think at least in the you know short to near term, Walmart's profits are going to improve and then any of those negativities that it's had, for example, the fact that its overseas sales aren't earning as much because the U.S. dollar is strong, I think that's going to be offset by the profits it makes in the United States because it's more dominant in the United States. It makes more of its money in the United States. Now, a caveat to that is that it, that may not show up in the next week when they announce their earnings for last quarter. But again, I don't think Walmart stock is going out of business. I think it's unfairly priced. I think it's undervalued. And so if I had to hold on to it for another four or six months and collect the 2.7% annual dividend that it pays, I would be willing to ride that out. So in short, I think that Walmart stock at this point, the way it was priced yesterday when I bought it, mitigates a lot of risk for anything that's going to happen in the future. I think that the 16 plus percent that it's already dropped over the last six months was the negativity that was priced into that stock and that it got too negative. Now, again, these are only assumptions. I don't have any inside information. I just dig down in the fundamental numbers. I read them. I evaluate it. I base it on other comparable stocks. I look at the chart. I try and get the timing right. And then I decide to pull the trigger or not. Yesterday, when it came to Walmart stock, I pulled the trigger. There's a lot of other stocks that I'm looking at that I decided not to pull the trigger on because I didn't feel as confident in them. Remember, it's all about risk and reward. So let's get back to that valuation. Well, a historical healthy valuation for Walmart stock should probably be something around 15 to maybe 16 times earnings. 
So again, for our purposes, let's just assume that it's going to make $5 a share. If you multiply 5 times 15, you get a, a price of $75. If you multiply 5 times 16, you get $80. So again, that's just a very simple way to start looking at valuations and to take that valuation and see what the underlying potential future price of the stock will be. So a fair price is going to be somewhere around at least $75 to maybe $80 a share. Well, remember, we talked about Walmart outperforming its peers in the Dow Jones Industrial Average over the last few days. Well, why would the stock be going up in price? That would be because investors in Wall Street think that the stock will be earning more in the future, particularly when it's compared to its peers in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. So let's look at some of the, the uh, valuations on some of the major companies that are trading on the Dow. Well, 3M, it's trading at 20 times earnings. General Electric is trading at 15 times earnings. Home Depot is trading at 24 times earnings. Johnson & Johnson is trading at 17 times earnings. McDonald's is trading at 22 times earnings. Procter & Gamble is trading at 19 times earnings. So this is just to give you an example of some of what its peers are trading at. Now, if you look at things like Caterpillar or IBM or ExxonMobil or Chevron, those are also Dow component stocks. They're trading for much lower valuations, and we know that's because right now, for example, the energy stocks, the, the oil prices are extremely low. So oil stocks are going to be trading at lower valuations. You would expect them to be lower than Walmart. Caterpillar, which is a big heavy equipment company, which is no longer selling big pieces pieces of machinery to China because of the slowdown in the growth rate over in China, well, they're, slow, they're trading at lower valuations too. But as I mentioned, I think a stronger dollar and these lower energy prices may ultimately favor Walmart. So we would expect Walmart then to trade at a higher valuation than we would, say, Caterpillar or ExxonMobil. So I feel pretty comfortable that if Walmart's stock over the next couple weeks announces a positive earnings and, and gives a good forward outlook, that its earnings will be somewhere around $5 a share for the year since it pays a nice dividend, since it isn't involved in some of these declining technology stocks like Cisco or um, IBM that are on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It, it doesn't have that stigma attached to it. It doesn't have the stigma attached to it that the energy stocks do. So I think a 16 times price per earnings ratio is rational, and that's a simplified way to say where I can come up with an $80 fair value for this stock. Now looking at the chart, I can also see that that $80 price point puts us firmly back at the point where the stock is going to encounter some resistance. That's the price where it tried to make a recovery back in May and it failed. At that point in May, it was around mid-May, price got up to just below $80 and it hit resistance at the 50-day moving average, which at that point was at $80, and it fell apart. Uh, coincidentally, happens to be where the 200-day uh, the moving average is right now. So right at around $80 is where the 200-day moving average is for the price of Walmart. I think it's highly likely that it'll get up at least that high. Now, again, there's a chance that it'll hit resistance at, two, at the 200-day moving average, and it'll bounce down below it, but I do think it's very likely that it'll get up to that point. The really interesting thing is going to be to see what happens at $80 because it's hitting resistance there from just uh, where it has uh, some traditional highs in the past. And it's also where the 200-day moving average line is. And it's also about the point where fair value is. So it's kind of like a triple play there, right? It's got a lot of possibilities to hit resistance, but if it does, but if it manages to be able to break out higher than $80, and particularly if it does that in increased volume, then the price of the stock could go up to $83 or $85 or possibly even as high as $90.
And I talk about those price points because, again, if you look at a chart of Walmart stock, you can see that at those prices that I just mentioned, that tends to be where there's different levels of resistance based on where the stock has traded over the last you know, 12 months or so. So that's just a very simple review of how I came up with that rationale. Uh, one of the other things I'll just mention quickly here is that one reason I think that Walmart stock fell apart earlier this year was because of the $15 an hour raise that they mentioned that they were giving to their employees. That obviously is going to impact their bottom line. But I think that their management has obviously taken that into account. I think that through attrition and layoffs and other type of productivity improvements, they're going to make up for those higher labor costs. And again, that's why I feel that they're going to make a profit somewhere of around $5 a share for their, their full fiscal year this year. Now, as I say, these are all assumptions on my part. We'll have a better idea when the actual earnings announcements for um, this past quarter are announced in a week and a half or two weeks. And even if they announce positive earnings and even if they announce a positive outlook, that doesn't mean that Wall Street traders are going to be happy with that. The stock price could still drop. If you look and see what happened to Disney today, Disney was down, I believe, 6%. Now, Disney's a fantastic stock. It's been making money. It's going to continue to make money, but it missed its top-line sales. It was still very profitable, but it missed its top-line sales estimates, and so the stock got crushed today. The same thing could happen to Walmart. I want to, re I want to keep emphasizing here, when we make trades, we, don't, we can't see the future. We could be wrong, and that's why we take calculated risks. I only purchased approximately between 5 and 10% of a total portfolio value into the Walmart stock. That way, if it does fall apart, I know it's not going to go to zero because I don't think the company is going to go bankrupt in the next couple of weeks. But I also know that it could drop, you know, 5 or 10%. And so I don't want to put any more of my investments in there than what I'm prepared to lose. I'm not going to put 80 or 90% of a portfolio into one stock. I'm only going to put in maybe 5 to 10%. That's an allowable risk, and it gives me a good balance between my risk and reward ratio. Now, let's take this discussion and transition from the specific rationale that I used for Walmart stock and how I talked to you about assumptions I'm making on earnings and how it might be interpreted by Wall Street and then what I see in the overall technical performance of the stock when I'm trying to read that stock. And I talk about the fact that it broke above its 50-day moving average, that it's performed well in relative terms against other indexes, and that it's above its 5- and 10-day moving average, you know, that momentum seems to be favoring Walmart. Well, again, those are just guides. When I talk about these technical points or use this technical analysis, that doesn't mean that we predict the future. It doesn't give us any type of a uh, ability where we can put odds on it to say that, you know, statistically, this is the likelihood that it's going to happen in the future. All that we can do by looking at a chart and by doing that technical analysis is to compare it with the past performance. And although that doesn't predict the future, it doesn't allow us to even have odds on the future, what it does do is give us a comparative basis. It allows us to make some assumptions and to put those in a historic context. The reason I entitled this episode Voodoo Forecasting is because oftentimes you'll see people getting so caught up in the, in the charting and the technical analysis that they either delude themselves into believing that they can predict the future, that, that, that it has some type of a, uh, an odd that you can put onto it or some type of a statistical deviation that you can put onto it. And they're either deluding themselves into believing that or they're trying to scam other people or, you know, somehow mislead other people. 
And I want to draw the distinction in what I what I talk about on this podcast. I mean, you'll hear me harp and talk all the time about moving averages, and you know, it sounds like I have a lot of faith in them, and I do as far as I apply their limitations. When I look at a chart, I am looking at certain points. I am looking at things like retracement, and I am looking at certain moving averages. From time to time, I may be looking at other methodologies that people use. There are a variety of methods that people use. You know, people use Elliott Wave and people use stochastics and people use Fibonacci numbers. You know, I, I look at these different ratios and again, I look at them from a historical perspective, but I never delude myself into the fact that I can say that you know, there's an 80% probability that it's going to go up if it does, does this or does that. I'm not going to start using all types of statistical variation from that and try and come up with some, you know, three sigma number or some six sigma number. And I want you to be cautious of people that use those because it's been my experience that the more complicated an algorithm is or the more complicated some type of an investment strategy it is, you know, the more likely it is to not be true and in some cases to be a downright scam. So whenever we use technical analysis, whenever we read charts, whenever we look for patterns, these are only things that we can use as a guideline. I use them to, to make rational ideas about where I think things are going to go in the future. But I also know that it's only a reference point and I don't waste time backtesting algorithms and trying to come up with all kinds of justification as to why my algorithm is more accurate than somebody else's. Because I know at the end of the day, none of these algorithms, none of these models are going to predict the future. There's risk in every trade. Even when you think you have a sure thing, there's risk involved. Just think of it this way. I'm going to close out this podcast with an analogy for you. Let's imagine that you have a, a 35-year-old man. He goes to the doctors. He gets the body scan. He gets all the blood work done. He gets on the treadmill and he gets, uh, you know, the heart stress test. And the doctor looks at his chart and he says, you know, you're a healthy young man. You're 35. You're athletic. You don't smoke. You don't drink. You eat right. We've screened you. You don't seem to have any genetic disposition for any types of cancers. You have a good, strong, healthy heart. And the doctor tells the man that, you know, you're probably going to live to be 110 years old. And then when the man leaves the office as he's driving home, he's in a car wreck with a drunk driver and he dies. Even though you could support your forecast of that man's lifespan with all types of scientific data, at the end of the day, everything is a factor of risk and there's chance in everything. And just as you never know when you're going to get hit by a drunk driver, you never know what's going to happen to the price of a stock. So don't kid yourself with that. Don't delude yourself with thinking you know more than anybody else. And don't put your faith in somebody else's algorithm, no matter how hard they try and back it up with scientific data. In fact, like I said, when they try hard to sell you on the fact that it's infallible, in fact, the harder they try and convince you of the trustworthiness or the accuracy of their, their model or their algorithm, well, that's probably a sign that you're about to be ripped off. So, hey, take that for what it's worth. Let's sit back and watch and see what happens over these next uh, week to two weeks with the Walmart stock. We'll see if my assumptions were accurate or if they weren't. And as you keep listening to this podcast and reading my blog post, you'll see how I react to it. Hopefully that'll give you some insight into my thoughts on trading and it'll make you a better investor. Well, until the next podcast, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best of returns.